Welcome along to the new episode of the Boostly podcast. Today, we are shining the spotlight on Price Labs and also on the book Direct Blueprint, which is an up and coming book uh, sort of collated by Mark Simpson and really talks about industry experts and leaders from all areas of hospitality and services that you need to know about as a host yourself. Today, we're really excited because we're actually joined by uh, two of the uh, members from uh, Price Labs. Uh, we've got Anurag, who is the co-founder of Price Labs. And we've got uh, Thibaut, who is the head of, uh, he's kind of the outreach and growth side of things. Is that right, Thibaut? Yeah, that's about right. Awesome. Awesome. So today we're going to dive straight, straight into it and uh, really bring those guys into the conversation. And uh, yeah, let's find out more about Price Labs and why it's something that you as a host need to know about as well. So welcome along, Anurag. Thank you so much, Liam. And welcome along to you, Bo. Hello, Liam, and hello to the whole Boostly family. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's dive straight in. And first question, we'll go to you, Anurag, which is how did the book come about and why did you get involved in in the book direct blueprint yeah so the so the we generally uh I, I don't know if everybody knows about price labs or not but we are more on the data and dynamic pricing side of things and not necessarily you know the book direct uh, movement directly uh what what has happened over the years is a lot of our customers do have their own direct booking websites. And they, they, this question always kept coming up that, hey, I'm using you guys for dynamic pricing. Uh, it gets published through my PMS to these different OTAs, uh, but how do I get those dynamic prices on my own website, which a lot of times they were hosted uh, via some WordPress plugins um, or, or things like that, right? So this question kept coming up. And, and at one point, many, many years back, I, I reached out to Mark to say like, hey, what's up here? Like, what do we need to do to, to get these rates? And he, he gave a very clear answer uh, of, of like how this distribution is supposed to happen. Uh, but, uh, but frankly, Mark and I started talking right about then about this, about other topics as well. There were other members of the Boostly community who were, who were using Price Lab, so he had heard of us. Uh, I think earlier this year, he reached out to say, hey, we are, we are doing a follow-up book uh, on, on, on Book Direct, and we want to get thoughts from multiple perspectives this time. Uh, and the thought was, can a big group of us, which who each specialize in a certain part of this vacation rental ecosystem, uh, come together and, and write a chapter on, on what they know about it. Um, so th that's where it started off and then we were happy to contribute, uh, uh, put down whatever little uh, we know about book direct and a lot that we know about revenue management and, and married them together and then put our chapter out. I mean, revenue management and yeah. particularly, well, whether it's book direct or, or not, is yeah. just so important. I know that I used to spend my days trying to choose the perfect rate. And I ended up on that typical host who ended up where I had two different pricing, one for winter, one for summer. And yeah. exactly, there's, there's, there's a part of, I'm lucky enough to see some of the uh, your, your chapter beforehand. And you're absolutely right. That's exactly what most people do. It actually mentions it yeah. in there. And whether I had lots of bookings sometimes or no bookings at others, that was that was what the result was just by having that. What message would you say to people who are listening who are in that similar boat? Um, you, you mean the boat of setting maybe two rates a year? Uh, 
my number one message to anybody who has never dabbled into revenue management or dynamic pricing is if you have access to it, you, you probably have somewhere where all your bookings sit. Just go look at different months and see how each month has performed over the years. And you'll start to see a pattern. Like summer, it's not summer and winter. Uh, if you break it down, July and August are probably different, although they are both in a lot of places peak months. June is probably very different from August. Uh, and, and so like you can break it down by month. But then you break it down by day of week and you realize, okay, there is a weekend versus weekday pattern. There's so much going on that setting two rates all year is, uh, is, is not the right thing. So like the, the least I tell anybody is look at seasons a little more granularly than just summer and, and winter, because there's also the shoulder season in between where if you're not looking at it carefully, you're either priced too high or too low. Look at day of week patterns. And one of the like real uh, sort of no-brainers that we see in our industry is because the industry is so fragmented, uh, there is a lot of supply uh, out there uh, unless there's a big holiday coming up or things like that. Generally speaking, we see having rates lower a little bit as a date approaches and it's still not booked does, does give very good results. So like a lot of these might seem like, hey, you don't need an algorithm to do it. Uh, but a lot of the benefit of the algorithm is within these three key areas. Like uh, if, if you can just tackle these three, which are all sitting in your own data, you'll be able to tell, okay, 80% of my bookings come outside of you know, 20 days. Um, and which means that if, if I'm still unbooked in the next 20 days, I need to start doing something to get those, those dates booked, for example. So like where that number is, is different for everybody, uh, depending on location, depending on what kind of clientele you have um, and what kind of portfolio you have. Like business travel happens last minute versus beach travel, people plan months ahead. So like the answer is different for anybody, but it's sitting in your data. Uh, I mean, I'm a massive fan of, of you know, Price Labs. I'm a host myself outside of Boostly and and I, I use Price Labs, which I'm, I'm proud to say. And it's one of the things which until you try a service like like Price Labs, you don't realize how much money you're leaving on the table, which has been so important and eye-opening for myself. Thibaut, I'd love to, to come to you and, and there'll be people listening to this and perhaps haven't heard of Price Labs, as, as crazy as it sounds. And I'd love to just get a, what, what is Price Labs as like an elevator pitch and then why should, should hosts really consider it? Basically, Price Labs will help hosts increase their revenues, um, increase as well the occupancy and save them time. What I mean by increases revenues is, for example, if there's in the future there's a demand spike uh, and you don't know about that, Price Lab will be able to detect this uh, spike and increase your prices automatically and push them to you know um, Airbnb, uh, Verbo, Booking, or your own website if you integrate it uh, through PMS, for example, um, and so that you don't miss out on this. Uh, for example, imagine there's like, you know, there's a marathon, there's an event happening and you don't know that, in your, not in your city, but nearby and people would book, book in your city. You don't miss out on this. And same, same thing with the occupancy, right? I think uh, it's exactly what uh, uh, Anurag was touching upon as well, is in the sense that, uh, for example, if you not, it's not just about pricing, it's also about, for example, uh, minimum stay rules, right? You may have two in the future, two existing bookings that are, you know, matching your, you know, minimum short, you know, minimum um, minimum stay rules. 
but maybe you could be a bit more flexible so that you can accept, like let's say, five fortnight booking between these two big bookings you have. And but you need to automate that. I mean, it's if 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 every time you you know you want people to make make it so that people who are you know on instant booking on Airbnb on on on, on booking and they want to book, you should be able to say, you know what, if if I do have two existing bookings. Yeah, I'm okay for a short uh, minimum stay. And maybe why not say, you know what? I'm okay with a shorter stay, but I'm going to bump the price by 10%, for example. That's just an example. But you can do that because you can basically put rules and what we call overrides in uh, so that the pricing algorithm really obeys what how you're running your business. And that's the thing I want to say about saving time as well, because if you have like more than one listing, two listings, you have some ways to do things in bulk. So suddenly you can update, let's say you can put together, if you have like, if you're present, if you're active in two markets, for example, what you can do, you can give a different pricing rules, uh, different patterns to your listings in one market compared with another, other, other, other things. So again, more revenues, more occupancy, and probably saving time as well. I mean, that's one of the things you touched on there is, is the time that it saves. How much time, uh, sticking with yourself, Thibaut, on this, how much time should hosts really be spending on tweaking and, and spending time looking at uh, their, their rates and revenues? Is it something that they should be doing daily, weekly? Um, yeah, what would your advice be around that? I'm in same board as you, Liam, in the sense that uh, I was also a Price Labs user before joining the company. Uh, and I have three properties, right? So I would say in terms of time, it's, it's very tricky because I remember before using all this, I would spend my Monday morning, was first thing in a, in, a, in a week, Monday morning, go back to each and every calendar, make sure everything was okay, updated. Um, uh, if I had a booking, make sure the booking was there and making sure maybe I need to lower my prices as, you know, and saying, oh, okay, next 30. I had these like crazy Excel sheet uh, where basically I would enter my base price, my central price, and we'd say, okay, next, like a scaling stuff, like in the next 30 days, I know like every day coming back to the day closer to us, I would discount my prices and I would copy paste this and try to put this in the systems on Airbnb and the rest to be more aggressive to attract bookings. So that's, I got my morning mornings back by using Price Labs. But what's interesting though, it's, it's, so um, it's really important first that people, when they start using a tool like Price Lab or any tools like this, right? There's some kind of, I'm working on the onboarding of users at the moment, for example, right? And something super important that people set up the base price, the central price, like the like the the everything on which the the the, the pricing will be uh, evolving. It's super important to really spend time and say, okay, what's my central a price I can have, and we have tools that can tell you, okay, what's happening in your market. That's what we see. It can we also give you advice on what your price price should be, right? So spending a lot of time on this and spending time also thinking, okay, maybe you also need to put some kind of minimum price and set up some setting up some rules. I said my minimum stays. Maybe I'm, I'm, you know, maybe far out in the future, a year from now, I want bigger, bigger stays. So only want seven, seven day night or seven night stays, for example. So thinking first of these rules carefully. And then you don't have to do it every day, right? Normally, you, you, you set it up and you start looking at things, how they're rolling for you, if you have a few properties. And then I would say you need to go back to them. It's not set up and forget either, right? You need to go back and say, okay, 
I, 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 I take the base price first. How is that going for me, right? Is, is, is Price Lab now using my own data, my occupancy data, and using the market trends? Are they, have they changed their prediction for the base price, for example? So I would say it's saving you time, but it's also making you think about other things to do. And you do need, for example, to get back, if you have like one property, just go back once a week to see how things are going, is this how things are predicted. Um, and again, making sure you are... Um, you, you really, really go and check whether things are really as you as you want. It's really, really important because it's, it's I think, a mistake some people do. They think these are magical tools, right? There's a pricing algorithm, yeah, but what's in, to make it work, you have to first put your own rules on top of that and then check. Um, I hope it makes sense. To, that, does, that does absolutely make sense, especially from, from a host who, who's, who's used it. It absolutely makes sense. So, Anura, coming back to you now on there, is there metrics that every host out there really should be measuring? Because I know you love numbers. I know it is, is you're the numbers guy. The um, Is there metrics that each host should be measuring? And should they be measuring it from the first unit, you know, the guys who are doing it as side hustles, um, right up to when they run it as a business? And um, yeah, what is, uh, what is your thoughts around that? Should there be more hosts using these measurements? And is there specific... Uh, sections of price labs that can help them with this yeah so uh, one it doesn't matter if you have one property or 10 or 100 or a thousand uh, everybody should be measuring uh, in some ways what they're doing right um, there are two very common measures that that i've seen and, and the the things that you measure will change as depending on the scale right if you have your own property for example you know very well exactly uh how many dates are available, What if you are blocking certain dates and things like that. If it's your second home, likely you're okay selling every night uh, in the year on it, unless you're, you're going and staying there. Uh, one of the very common metrics that everybody loves to look at is occupancy rate, which, which is very straightforward, right? Like, I mean, I have 31 days in July, I sold, say, uh, 25 of them were booked, so my occupancy rate is 25 by 31, times 100, whatever it comes out to be. Uh, and, and those percentages help you get a sense of, okay, how, how, how well is my resource in some ways utilized? So like if you think about your home, uh, in any given month, there are a fixed number of nights you can sell. Like, uh, so travel industry is different than a lot of other industries, like manufacture goods in some ways. Uh, you can create more of something and, and then go sell it. So like if you sold a few things for too cheap, you make more of it and then realize there's a lot of demand and, and you can have the chance to find the right price. Uh, nights on your home are, 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 you can't create duplicates of that. Like once you have sold it to somebody, you, you've kind of sold it. So while occupancy is a great measure to get a sense of like, a, if, if you're 0% occupied for like the upcoming month, that tells you a lot uh, that, hey, maybe my prices were too high. But if you are heavily occupied, if you're 80% occupied for the next month, uh, it, it's harder to tell whether it's a great thing or not, because maybe you're 80% booked because your price was too cheap. A lot of demand was still there to come and, and, and you got sold early. What, what helps in such cases is, is a metric, uh, revenue as a metric when you have one property is, is perfectly fine to use because uh, uh, revenue is also in many ways, what should matter to every uh, every uh, vacation rental owner to say, okay, how much money am I making out of this? Uh, 
it doesn't matter if I'm 80% occupied or if I'm 40% occupied, if I made enough to cover whatever expenses I have and mortgage and enough for, for me to live by, then I'm fine with it, right? Once you get to a larger scale and when you're managing somebody else's properties, that's when you get into, okay, is revenue the right number? Because maybe last year we made you know $20,000 on these or, or pounds on these 10 homes in this month. And this year we made double of that. But maybe the number of homes you were managing has increased. Last year you were managing 20, and this year you're managing 30. Uh, so you have to think of uh, a, a, a few more involved metrics. Uh, one of them is called REPAR. Um, in, in essentially saying, don't look at total revenue, but look at revenue per unit per night or, or things like that. Um, for somebody who has one property, just looking at revenue and occupancy is good enough. Like those two will, will tell you enough. You know, I, I love that you've mentioned the the, the story of, of if all the time we hear hosts who say, hey, I'm 100% occupied. And my instant yeah. reaction is you're too cheap. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, you're, not, exactly. you're not charging enough. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's, it's sometimes worn as a badge of honor, whereas actually if you're that 80, 90% occupied, potentially yeah. you, you're selling it at the right level, again, depending on, on the product. But um, so, and so the, on that one, very quickly, we see some, some uh, folks who sign up with us where, they are used to their entire next year's calendar being 80% full at the beginning of like any time. Uh, like they, if, if they join today, they, we see that, okay, 80% of the future year's nights are already booked. And we look at the market data and we're like, that is, uh, that is not normal because in your market, like half the bookings come within the last three months. So there's, you must be selling very cheap if like, you know, even more than three months out, you're that booked. Um, so yeah, if anybody who says, say I'm hundred percent booked all the time is, is either doing it really well, like Tibo said, selling out for a high price far out and then figuring out how to fill the gaps and things like that, uh, or potentially is, is selling too cheap. And then very frequently it's the latter. Like, I don't think anybody has mastered revenue management to the point of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, saying, yeah, I'm hundred percent booked and I'm making as much as I could. Yeah, it's it's always uh, always more to discover, isn't there? And there is um, always, yeah. The the other metric that you mentioned there, which uh, I didn't really know about till I got to about seven eight properties, was Revpar. Yeah. It was yeah. it was an eye opener for me because I used to think, well, am I comparing total revenue? Am I comparing occupancy? But yeah. Revpar solves that problem where I can compare units to a yeah. degree, you know, uh, against each other. So definitely yeah. one to, um, to check out for, for anyone listening is, is, is yeah. Rev and, and to the other question, Liam, we, uh, so we, we provide dynamic pricing, but we also have, we call it portfolio analytics, but it's essentially a BI tool. So if you connect your property to price labs, even if you don't want to use dynamic pricing, the BI tool is free. So you, like, you can go and look at those kinds of metrics for your own portfolio, look at seasonal trends uh, within our product uh, without without using dynamic pricing if, if you want to. Uh, That's really cool. Um, so Thibaut, coming back to yourself, the um, the, the one thing that uh, you, you probably get to talk to a lot of, lot of hosts and the one thing that I sometimes hear people worried about for uh, dynamic pricing or some of the worries and the objections, some of them say, you know, we'll you know it, it costs which of course it does i'd love to find out what 
your reply would be to the the people who are worried about the cost of the software but then also the, the i hear a lot of people say well i'm worried that all of a sudden my rates are going to go up too high and and they're worried about the perception of of what their guests will feel like if um you know if they've stayed with them before what would be your advice to those hosts sure um these are great questions indeed and and First, I will, I will talk of the cost of opportunity of not using the tool, right? For example, of course, you know, we all love book direct and you know, with my own properties, I want as many bookings as possible, but I'm also on Airbnb, right? And if you're listing your place on Airbnb right now, if you start listing with them by default, you, they have their smart pricing turned on. So many people don't realize that, but they are using or Airbnb is making them use their own dynamic pricing tool, which is called smart pricing, right? And what's interesting is that if you think about the goal of this tool, the goal of this tool in Airbnb is to make sure there's a lot of bookings happening, right? Because Airbnb is taking commission on that. So the goal of this dynamic tool basically is to make sure the price is not too high, is, is, is high enough so you get bookings and Airbnb is getting good revenues because they get the host fee, but it's not too high that people would not be booking, right? So it does mean that probably the prices are lower. It would be if it was not determined by Airbnb's own interest here. So there's a cost opportunity. Just as I said, if you're just not using, for example, any tool, we talked about you know, how you're missing out on demand spikes. But even if you're just using Airbnb's own tool, there's probably a cost opportunity here too. So that's number one. Number two, what's interesting with Price Labs actually, and, and uh, again, that's why I was I was a client with a customer with them, is that the structure of the cost is actually is exactly the best value for money in the industry in a sense that um, it's just you know, it starts I think around you know, nineteen dollars if you have one listing for example, and it goes down if you as more more listings you add, but it does mean that uh, it's a fixed it's a flat fee right. Uh, it's not like the more bookings you get, the more booking make money we're making, right? If you're successful, we're very happy. It's still the same price, not taking more. So that's also something to to realize here. It's a bit different, right? It's not like uh, again a, pla a booking platform that would take a cut every time you have a booking. No, we're a flat fee. You're successful, good for you. That's more money for you. Um, uh, I think you had another question around the um, sorry, the, another fear that users would have what was it again yeah absolutely so the other fear that users sometimes have is that they're worried that the prices will be too high the perception from their previous guests will that may worry them no, it's a, i think it's a, it's a it's a great question right uh, it's a, it's a great question so again there's there's several things to have in mind here um first um if you want to you can always set up a maximum price you know <laughs> if you want to right there's in price labs you, it's very easy. You see the you see your listing. You're gonna see this base price. You see minimum price. I would tell you always set up a minimum price, right? Never know why not. But if you really want to consider the maximum price, if you really want, you're afraid of stuff, even to get started to see how it goes, right? But I would not encourage to do that because you may miss out again these demand spikes, right? Um, now uh, for your former guests. Um, you could imagine maybe you have you know a special pricing for them in the sense that maybe you tell them to use uh you know you have a special grade the special pricing you send them by email and let them know about this right uh but it's you that's where you have to you have to think about several things here for example um 
do be, are you in a market where people come back the following year, right? If not, for example, I have a property in Bali. It's a once-lifetime destination. People who saw a price last year will not be the same people who see a price next year. So I don't have the issue, right? Second, if people are very loyal to me, it's great. So maybe we have a special pricing. And you know what? If they book direct, you can tell me by email and they book, they have this special price. Why not? And I, I communicate to them. And then I would block the, those dates in my, in my PMS, for example, or in my tool. And then that automatically those dates will be blocked off in price labs and no issue for them, right? So it really, really depends here. And But there's, there's indeed, in the end, it's also your interest, right, as a host to make the most as money as possible because also what you can do in the end, we can also maybe at times be lower than you used to be. For example, you know, in the coming next two, two weeks, you have you don't have any bookings. Maybe the tool is going to tell you, hey, you have to lower your price because you really, last minute, you're always a bit too high. In this case, if you have people who booked with you last year and rebook now last minute, they will have a lower price. So it's it's also, you know, this is what, you know, I would say the rules of like the demand and supply are. So, of course, you have to take care of your past guests. Make sure that whether it's really, is it really important in your market. If you have a loyalty program, use your loyalty program. The direct is very important. But as well, you know, don't miss out on, on spikes and prices can go up and also can go down, right? I completely agree with you with the, like you say, just making sure you're making the most of those high peaks is just so important because as uh, Anurag said, the, the the amount of stock that you have, you don't get that time back. You don't get those nights back. And I understand. I mean, whenever we do, uh, somebody in my team called Ishani, she does customer testimonials, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of the time we have, we hear people saying how uncomfortable they were or unsure they were when it's so how high the price could go. And I, and I get that, right? It's, it's like, you're like, really? And sometimes, yeah, yep, really. And it's like, half you don't believe and then you're like, oh my God, what did I do all these years not thinking about this? For example, I know another island where I have a property with a big sailing regatta. The whole island, usually everybody's coordinated. The end season, the, 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 the high season ends on the same day for everybody on the island. It's probably mm-hmm. some, like this in some markets, right? But this sailing regatta happens a week later. So a lot of demand for that, but everybody lowers their price. That's crazy. You know, thanks to Price Lab, I was being able to, you know, uh, you know, improve my pricing there and just like doubling my revenues for that week, which is, just makes sense. So I'm not betraying anyone. It's just like this, people can book elsewhere, right? If they want to. One thing that we always say in, in Boostly is get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's how you know you're growing as, as, as a host and, and as a person in general. And one of the things that it done for me is it reset the kind of level that I thought the the price should be for, for you know using Price Labs, and also with the extra revenue I could put that back into guest experience. So we bought like a drinks fridge uh, for one of them. We improved our guest books and and things like that. So that's the other thing from a host point of view is that you can then reinvest in your unit and actually improve the experience for your guests because at the end of the day, if cash flow is king, and if you've not got enough cash flow to do the things you want to do to keep that guest experience where you want to, then, you know, it's, it's a downward spiral at that stage, which is where having price revenue management really comes in. Something, so, uh, sorry, sorry to interject. Something I heard on those lines actually uh, from, from a customer is they, they saw something similar where they, it was an event they didn't know about and the prices went up like two or three times and somebody booked it. And then they were worried that, okay, like, uh, what do we do like you know, they might be disappointed because you know it's it's a nice two bedroom but it's is it worth 3x the price i usually sell at 
and somebody else in their community suggested that go all out on like put a nice bottle of, bottle of wine out get flowers ordered do do whatever you want like if you made 400 extra bucks and you're you're worried about what would the guests say put 100 bucks in and reinvest it back in their stay like nothing else uh, and then see what happens and and of course like they get got a, got a glowing review about like how good the hospitality was and and everything else right so like uh, you can do some things like this as well when when you get those one off bookings where something big is happening and you end up charging more uh, put it back right in that stay so adding value to it is is absolutely yeah. key um so anorak sticking with yourself i'd love to know um a little bit more about the history of um price labs obviously right. you know if you can uh, give us just a brief overview of of how price labs came around and also yeah. Was there a wow moment where you went, you know what, this is something which we're going to do. This is what what I want to solve this problem in the hospitality industry. Yeah. So um, I so we started Price Labs in 2014. Um, and early 2014, I think it was Jan or Feb, uh, my co-founder Richie was studying at, uh, at Northwestern University in Chicago. And I used to work in Chicago for United Airlines doing the same pricing and revenue management algorithms there. Uh, and we had known each other for about 10 years at that point. Uh, we, we were together in undergrad. So he, for the summer, he was planning on listing his uh, spare bedroom, his roommate's spare bedroom uh, on Airbnb. And as he was going through the process, he's like, hey, Airbnb does, doesn't give any indication. So this is 2014, Airbnb didn't have smart pricing and things like that. So he's like, uh, it's travel, it's fixed resources. Like I only have three months of this room to sell. I want to make sure I'm selling it at the right price. Like, how do I, how do I do this? And, and he and I started talking. He's like, hey, if airlines can do it, why, why shouldn't it exist in, in short-term rentals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were like, okay, that argument makes sense. It should exist. Like, and then we started off, uh, off on like, how do, we, how do we make this happen? Uh, the biggest challenge at that point was like, airlines, hotels, they all have like troves of their own data. Um, and a lot of Airbnb hosts, if you have one property uh, or a lot of like, if you are not even on, like at that time, Airbnb wasn't as big. Like if you're a vacation rental owner with one property, that that is not enough data for anybody to be able to say, hey, uh, something big is happening on like September 15th. Let's increase prices. Because if you have one property, it's either booked or not booked. Once it's booked, you can't do anything. Uh, and if it's not booked, how do you tell it? there is a lot uh, there's a high demand, right? So we started then, we, we found our third co-founder who was an engineer, thankfully, to, to start gathering all of this data, to start scraping uh, different OTAs to say, hey, what's available, what's selling at what price? And then we built out sort of a system to say, okay, when a lot of things are selling fast, we increase prices. When they are not, we decrease prices. And that was sort of the first version of it. We put it out. Um, learned a lot from the feedback we got from folks in Chicago who tried it. Uh, in 2016, we sort of did a relaunch. Uh, by then we had figured out a lot of things like seasonality is important in this industry, like uh, day of week adjustments are important. Uh, events and holidays are and booking window, like how far out it is, is important. So like by then we had figured out a lot of these things and we poured it all in into our algorithm. Uh, but even then, it was just Airbnb at that point. Uh, and 
this is again feedback we kept getting from people to say like, hey, Airbnb is a slice of the industry. It is not the industry. Uh, if you want to do something in this industry on pricing, you need to hook up with property management systems. And at that time, we had no clue what these meant. Uh, so we started talking to a few like customers who were using us to, to see recommendations and then plug them into their property management system, told us, hey, just integrate with my property management system. And, and customers made those introductions uh, for us. Uh, started out there, uh, been on a journey to figure out what this industry is about. I think now we integrate with about 90 property management systems, and there are so many more that we don't integrate with. It's a vast, vast industry. Uh, so yeah, it's been like that uh, constant figuring out how does this work? Like uh, first figuring out how to get data, then figuring out what to do with the data, then figuring out how do we get the price recommendations into the property management systems. Like all of this has been sort of uh, a lot of small aha moments along the way, but it's been fun. Yeah. I love that. I love the the fact that you saw, you know, in another industry and go, hey, why, why doesn't that already exist? And then you've gone out and created it. Uh, how does it feel helping so many people? You know, it must, so then how many um, active, I guess, users are there of, of Price Labs and how does it feel helping uh, so many people? Yeah, so we have about 20,000 customers uh, and um, amongst all of them, there are about 160,000 properties that, that use Price Labs. Uh, feels great. Feels also like very, uh, uh, we want to make sure we are doing everything we can to keep improving the product. So like it, it's also joy and responsibility hand in hand <laughs> in some ways. Uh, so, so yeah, it generally feels good. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So um I really get a sense of of really where Price Labs has come from and, and the yeah. uh, you know sort of the aha moments like you say across across the way. Um, yeah. Tebo, I'd love to know a little bit more about how you came to be part of Price Labs, and of course you've got your um, awesome sort of new site, the uh, Rental Scale Up, as as well, haven't you? As, uh, so I'd love to know more about yourself uh, for the audience. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, excited. Uh... I'm excited and exactly sorry it's a bit <laughs> uh i'm the, under the weather today so i'm trying to find my words oh, bless you don't worry <laughs> thank you thank you for joining us <laughs> no it's okay get uh, a two-year-old managed to get me sick after trying for a whole week the coughing work um, <laughs> <Didn't do> <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, well yeah i've been blogging about the industry for a while uh first under the name rentalpreneurs and then under and 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 the rental scale up and and uh, so rental scale up really started growing two years ago, and you know talking about what the big players are doing in the industry, like like Airbnb booking or sharing data about you know um, um, what's happening in the US, what's happening in Europe, and talking about new you know new players, you know uh, like Boostly for example, or any kind of new tech um, really that people should know about. So we have a weekly newsletter that's free. Uh, it's out every Wednesday. And basically we, you know, we help people understand what's happening in the industry and we have a voice. So we try to just say, okay, that's what's happening. And so quite a few times we break news actually. Uh, okay, that's what's happening. That's what we think it means for, for you guys. And that's what we think you should be doing. So we try to not just be like reporting, but also maybe try to give advice because obviously, you know, as we host ourselves, we say, try to make sense of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for some reason, still unknown to me, uh, Richie and Rag and Sana, the co-founders of uh, um, a Price Lab, liked Rental Scale Up. 
So uh, yeah, we joined the rentals. Uh, the uh, we joined the Price Lab family in August 2022. Uh, I think what's 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 really what's really good here is that basically it enables me, for example, rental scale up to have access to all the market dashboards. So market dashboards are product in, in Price Labs where basically you can enter an address and find all kind of like data around the market. You know, number of listings and 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 you can divide up by you know. I want to see only data for two bedroom places and data trends, booking pace, kind of things like this. So I can have this, for example, where I'm talking, imagine I want to write an article about France. So I want to write an article about a market somewhere. Uh, suddenly I've, I have say, access to real data and real trends thanks to Price Labs because they get that data from different sources, from Airbnb, Verbal, their own sources. So it's it's unbelievable for me for, for the content, right? And, uh, and and for Price Lab also, it means that, for example, Price Lab now is the sponsor of every uh, show we're doing or every content we have, right? It's also a way really to help people again understand what Price Lab is about. And it's good for people who have like one, two properties as well people who have like thousands of properties, right? They're going to use the tool differently, but in the end, the algorithm at the heart of it is the same. That's how it plays out, rental scale up and Price Labs. I love I love this you know sorry and certainly we'll we'll check you out and I'm sure people listening are going to come and check you out as well the the data is just so important isn't it and one of the features that I absolutely love is the fact that as a host you may not know where your base price can be so you can use the uh you know sort of the selection the 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 tool which where you can select your number of bedrooms you can select whether it's high end mid you know sort of budget and it'll give you an idea of of, of base price and like you say you can dive into the analytics of it as well so yeah as- it was also very important yeah for 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 hosts like us we always want to know okay okay that's i know what's happening to me but am i the only one am i crazy mm. what's happening in the market right and suddenly you get this data you can even like fine-tune stuff and and you can select like you know uh, some properties that you all want to have an eye on and see how they're doing or have them in part of a set on which you're going to compare your own performance against theirs so it's really really useful again in bali have a property that's very unique but I know a few places that are somewhat comparable. So it really involves me really to also fine tune on what mount properties compare against and see that in price labs. So I found, I found it very, very, very powerful. One of the things that we love to do is, um, I mean, there's so much more we could we could talk about. I'd love to dive in, like the integration, there's so much. But uh, as we get towards the end of these, we love to just do a couple of quick fire questions, um, just to find out a little bit more about you. And sticking with yourself, Tubo. Um, you mentioned your properties in, in Bali, did you say? Correct. Yeah. And uh, where where is, so question number one is, is where is your favorite holiday destination? <laughs> um, so I have one property in the, uh, in Bali and, and then the other is in the Caribbean because I actually live for quite a few years in, in the French Caribbean. So my favorite destination is going to be that island in the Caribbean. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Um, Anurag, uh, what is your favorite or the most recent, either of those, piece of tech that you that you bought? So tech or um, app or tool? Let me think about it. So uh, one, I'm, I'm wearing these. Uh, that That's definitely one. But I used to have so much trouble with uh, with webinars like this or video calls where I would be constantly holding my uh, like the string mic next to my face so that like you know I could be heard 
uh, I bought this webcam that, that sits on top of my uh, uh, monitor. Uh, that, that, the reason for that purchase was more uh, because I have a laptop and I was, people were always looking the side of my face and I got this. And as a, as a surprise, it also has a built-in mic, which works like 10 times better than anything else I had used before. Nice. And it's like a $20 camera with a built-in mic. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, uh, yeah, like my, my last eight months have been tremendous because of that. Uh-huh. I don't know if you wanted vacation rental tech or tech. No, 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 any any tech at all. What, what, what are the headphones? <laughs> I always love to find out what, what are the headphones that you use. They well. are Samsung Galaxy Buds. Nice, nice. It's... Uh, uh, We'll, we'll uh, I, I just love finding out about tech and that sort of thing. So sticking yeah. with yourself, Anurag, the, the next question, quick fire is, uh, what is your favorite food? Favorite food? Um, I, there's hard, hard to name one, but I generally love uh, Chinese food a lot. Uh, and I'm saying I love Indian food and eat that all day, but Chinese food is what I don't get to eat every day. So like uh, if I'm, if I have to go out uh, or order in, Chinese food. Nice, nice. And uh, Thibaut, coming back to yourself, uh, what's your, what is a compliment that you can remember receiving or the best compliment that you, you that you've received? Um, I like what you write. I must say, <laughs> it's like, because, you know, you write this, this newsletter, this content, right? And you send it out to the world and you have no idea. It's, it's scary. Like, is it, is it relevant? Do I make sense? Will people get it? And then you go to a conference. For example, I was at VRM in the US a few weeks ago in a Priceless booth and people see my name like, oh, that, that's who you are. I love what you write. I'm like, wow, thanks. Because it does validate in a way what you've been doing, which is again, it, it is scary because in the end you want to help people and you create this content, but you know, the feedback loop is, you know, it's, it can't be, there's nothing better than like people telling you like, yes, that's very helpful. Thank you. Yep. I love that. I love that. And we always end with, with the same question. So we'll come to you first, Anurag. What, what is um, one mantra or motto that you like to live by? Ah, so it's a quote by, I don't know if it's actually by him, but in popular media, it's attributed to Albert Einstein. And it says, uh, make everything as simple as it can be, but no simpler. Uh, and, and the thought is essentially that when you think about solving a problem, you can, you can create a very complicated solution to it and try to attack it that way. But if you truly try to get to the bottom of like, hey, what is, what's the problem? Um, there's often a simple solution potentially waiting uh, that you should try to get to. Uh, and the second part says, but not any simpler, because sometimes it's not a simple solution and then you shouldn't choose the incorrect simpler solution just because it's simpler. Uh, so, so that's kind of, uh, in many ways, like we try to do that at Price Labs, especially on the data science team to say, okay, um, when we have, when we want to predict something, you know, there, there's, you can throw the kitchen sink at it, but then can we do it in a simpler way that's a lot more understandable and gives us good results? Uh, and, and we would pick the simpler any day. Um, it makes sense. I like that. I like that. And Thibaut, same question to yourself. What uh, mat- mantra or motto do you live by? All right. I think I would say it's, uh, let me pronounce it right. So it, independence is not a dogma. It's a result. Uh, and it's 
it's it's something I came across actually this year because I was a difficult year and I I talked with a coach actually about you know uh, a few things and I realized that a lot of decision I was making was like oh because I want to be independent or or I thought that being independent for example meant a few things like uh, you know if you have your own business for example or uh, or if you want to work work remotely or all kind of things like. If being independent for me meant a few things. That's that's what it is. It was like a very strict definition. And actually, by doing this, following this very strict definition, I would end up being completely not independent. I would be depending on other things. So that's when talking with this coach is like, no, no, you are independent. That's that would be a result. That would not be, it's like, no, it's not, it's not a few things you you're doing. It's the result in the end you should be doing. So it's like focus more on the end result. And if some things are not conducive to uh, getting to that result, change them. So, yeah, it was interesting for me. That definitely resonates with me. There's there's a chap called um, Alex Harmozy who I, I follow, and that reminds me of, of some advice that I've seen from him, which is not looking, like you say, for the result, but look towards what degree does it move you closer towards that goal? You know, like imagine building a bridge across a, a ravine is it an extra brick in that ravine that you, you don't want the result instantly because that's unlikely to to happen so but does it bring you closer to it and we should measure by by degrees like that so um awesome so in terms of uh for everybody listening we should mention just before we go that the book is going to be out december 2022 so depending on when you listen to this you need to go and check out the book direct blueprint and you can do so by going to boostly.co.uk uh, forward slash blueprint and depending on when you're listening you can either pre-register for the book or you can actually make the purchase there and so thank you so much uh for for joining me tonight anurag and tibo that's a, a superb to speak to you and really to find out about uh price labs mm -hmm. i've learned lots and i'm sure everybody else has as well um is there any questions that i've missed or any final thoughts before we go if we come to you first anurag um not really, but but to reiterate what you said, Liam, uh, the book is out in December and a lot of us have put in a significant amount of effort in, in writing it and bringing it very varied perspectives. So would love uh, would love to hear feedback similar to Tibo said. Uh, we put in all this effort is was it useful? Like we would love to know uh, to, to see, see see that feedback. Um, but yeah, if if there are any questions that we couldn't answer or you had or anybody else had that, that they want answered, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, email is usually the best way. I'm at anurag at pricelabs.co. Uh, and uh, if not me, you can always go to our website. There's a chat button and then leave your question there and we'll get back to it as well. Awesome. And we should mention as well the the tips that you share in your chapter. I mean, first of all, there's, uh, you know, there's a link at the end of the chapter to find out more as well, but there's very actionable advice. And certainly the, I'll leave it as a, as a cliffhanger for, for people listening, but you really changed the way I think about OTAs and direct bookings in terms of how I cost things up. And uh, it's such an important bit of, bit of information in there. Tebow, how can the listeners get in touch with you? And is there any final thoughts uh, before we go? Sure thing. Uh, again, first, yeah, thanks for having us. And uh, well, rentalscaleup.com is is where the website is, and you can contact me there. Obviously, 
uh, I also have an address at Price Labs, but it's <laughs> I would have to spell out my first name and last name, and it's going to be a torture for people listening. Uh, it's too complicated. Just go to uh, basically rentalscaleup.com and contact. I would be there. I could either contact me for Price Labs or for Rentalscale, I'd be happy to answer that. And also something to, to I want to mention, indeed, that there's a free trial. People will try us out for, for at least 30 days. So just to give an idea of how things would be. And you can even like try out, put your listing and use your own data to see how prices would be without having to push those prices to Airbnb or to booking to anything. So you can really uh, do this in 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 in, pri in private box. It's safe, but you can see things for yourself. I think it's very, very important as well. I think that's uh, the best tip I can give for people who are, regardless of the tools, right? Want to make a decision, want to make a big decision like this, should I be try, try, try starting using this? You know, put your a link to one of your listings, check out the price predictions for yourself, tweak things a bit, and you don't have to already push the prices, just uh, you know, learn by doing. And if you're comfortable, do it or reach out to us if you have doubts. I love that. There's, it's about taking action, isn't it? And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people off the back of this podcast and the book who uh, who come to you guys because hey, it's helped me. And uh, it's, it's one of the few things which I say is a no brainer. You know, it really is something which uh, uh, hosts should get involved with. So. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, been an absolute pleasure having you on. Apologies, we've run slightly over time. It's been a slightly longer one than we planned, but really appreciate your time. And I also appreciate the uh, guests and the people uh, listening to this podcast. I know there's lots of places you can put your attention. I really appreciate you spending it here on the Boostly podcast. So that's it from us. Thank you very much and uh, goodbye. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much for checking out today's podcast episode. Now, before you head and go anywhere else, before you click to the next episode, before you do that, do me one big favor and go check out boostly.co.uk forward slash trust. IPRAC are the sponsors of all of the Boostly content. And the reason why I work with them and the reason why we spread the message of IPRAC is that when a host or a company is looking to get more into direct bookings, the main question they have is around trust. As in, will a guest trust that I am a true and real business? Will IPRAC take care of all of that? And they've got a special offer that is only available to Boostly people. But to do that, you need to go to Boostly, which is B-O-O-S-T-L-Y dot co dot UK forward slash trust. You can find out all the information there. You can book in a demo, book in a call, and then you will get your super special offer that is only available to Boostly people's. Thank you again for tuning in. Do go check out IPRAC. We'll be back again very shortly with another podcast episode. But until then, we'll see you all very soon. Take care.